You're listening to a curated podcast from the Beyond Infinity radio program broadcast live on Tuesdays from 11am from our Mornington studios in Victoria, Australia. Presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. You may have had a chance to watch the Four Corners documentary on the ABC network. It was titled What's Wrong with NBN. You'll be able to watch it on iview if you didn't get to see it. It looked into, it actually had sort of an extensive interview with various players, including the boss of the NBN, a guy called Bill Morrow. He had various things to say about it, which we'll go through. You know, the big picture is that uh, countries like South Korea, Japan, New Zealand, which gets cited more and more as a, a sort of a, an example of, of how to do things. And, you know, we sort of see ourselves as pretty close to New Zealand. So it's a bit galling when the, uh, not only when they beat us in rugby, although we did reverse that recently, <laughs> but when they do things like, you know, have, I think in Dunedin, you can get one gigabit download speeds, which is, you know. Yeah, at the best, if we had the fibre to the premise, which was the original plan, we were looking at 100 megabits. So mm. we're talking 10 times that is now available in Dunedin. In, in New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah. Now, obviously, so, so there's some big differences between New Zealand and Australia. There's a much bigger population to serve in Australia and there are much greater distances to cover. So those are two pretty big differences. But the business The economy is also bigger as well in Australia. Yeah, Yeah, sure. It's a continent. It's not just a couple of small islands. The cost of running cable just over the the big distances is got to be, you know, a lot bigger. 80% of our population is on the East Coast, isn't it? There's a huge portion. 90% live live on the coast. So so we're talking about the majority is really up the East Coast of Australia Mm -hmm. and then pockets, you know. So you don't think, you don't believe that's 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 not an excuse. It's exactly one of the reasons why New Zealand is is cited as a place that's done well. And actually, this has all been in Parliament. If you watch Question Time yesterday at Parliament, there's only a few more sitting days, I think, before they, they all pack up and go on summer holidays. Lucky pollies. They have been hotly debating this, and they're both typically blaming the other for, you know, Labour and Liberal blame. Because it was, it was under Kevin Rudd that it, apparently they were in a private jet or flying somewhere and it was on the back of an envelope oh let's let's do an mbn we need to get really fast internet so it all kind of started on a whim in a way and perhaps they didn't think through the business model properly what they did was they set up the nbn is a is a, is a branch of government so mm. they've created a giant bureaucracy and it was envisaged then that it would be so popular and successful that they'd be able to make their money back very quickly the billions of dollars that it's cost and i think they're up to about 50 billion dollars in in rollout costs and they haven't even finished yet that they'd be able to sell it off after about five years and and it'd be like what they did with telstra it was originally a government-owned entity and they sold it off in various tranches and the government made a lot of money and mums and dads made a bit of money it depends when you bought and when you sold that was what was envisaged for the nbn now in new zealand and and that was at a time it was 10 years ago we're talking 2007 yeah that's right initially talked about and I guess we have to look back at the situation in Australia even around the world at that time I think 2008 was the global economic meltdown that, that occurred so many people governments were concerned about what that meant could people afford to be funding a huge project which I think at that time was estimated around about 36 billion dollars and then it was increased over time so and outside of the tech community I think there was a big concern about where the money was going but inside the tech community we knew exactly what we needed to, to get and uh, we'll get into more Yeah, well, quoting Malcolm Turnbull, our esteemed Prime Minister, he said, regarding New Zealand, he said, they basically ensured the incumbent telco, the Telstra equivalent, split its network operations away from its retail operations, and then that network company, in effect, became the NBN. The virtue of that was that you actually had a business that knew what it was doing, that was up and running, that had 100 years of experience getting on with the job. So that's the attitude, that's that's the kind of comp- the comparison with what, the way that they initially were set up. Another big key difference uh, is that under 
the Liberals who took over when Kevin Rudd lost the last election, well, in fact, the election before that, to Tony Abbott, the Liberals looked at it and said, okay, well, this is costing way too much money. We can see huge blowouts. Mm-hmm. And there were delays. They had, you know, considering the amount of time Labor from, from when, they, when they started this process 10 years ago to when they lost office the number of connections was relatively small and one of the issues that is they actually chose more remote areas to begin with rather than in central you know in cities because it was like this this idea that oh you've got to look after the bush first the remote and i'm not saying this and you shouldn't look after the bush but to say that that economically makes sense and if your maximum adoption if you want to get people on board and straight away then it should have been maybe together maybe you know high-rise apartments high-rise apartments in the city and then also do something out in uh, in the country as well mm. but just focusing on the country early stages meant slower installations I mean, there's stories yeah. of, of places you know like a remote-ish place in in tasmania let's face it not nowhere is really that remote in tasmania it cost ninety thousand dollars to connect one place mm. and because this is a government service they don't charge the business any more than they do for connecting your average house in in downtown melbourne mm-hmm. so there were some big costs to do with exactly what you're talking about we probably should just like make sure that the listeners clearly understand when the project was first talked about i don't think the technology at that time was uh, sort of touted as you know what they knew they were going to do but within about a year 12 months it was fairly clear that they were looking to do a full fiber rollout so this is fiber to the premise and this yes, is basically where was labor's idea labor's idea yep. this is where you get the fiber optic cables and you run that right up into the house there's a little box that sits mm. on the, the house and you connect to that. There are some people in Australia that actually have this technology. Apparently about 20%, and that's quite a random thing. It can be could come down to just if you happen to be living in the, in the right place where yep. you get fibre to Depends your house. Depends on your minister is, I guess, if it's Liberal or Labor. Well, exactly, that can help. maybe. Yep. But then when the coalition came in and they changed the plan, yes. they decided to save some money. The path they chose was to take that fibre to a green box that many people will now be seeing on their streets. Mm. From there, that connects into the copper cable yep. and then travelling that's the bottleneck. That's the old technology. And again, this is all about saving money. They're also using coax cable, which was put in in certain areas for Foxtel and Optus Vision. You can kind of understand the argument. You know, we've got this existing infrastructure. We think that a lot of people, and and one of the things about that 20% of households that are getting fibre to the house, Mm -hmm. a lot of those people, according to the boss of the NBN, Bill Morrow, a lot of them are just choosing to have the basic 25 megabits down. So that's kind of wasted on a lot of people because they just go, oh, well, I'm used to getting, I don't know, seven down and one and a half up or something, which is what my lousy speed is. I checked it last night. That's through Telstra Big Pond, ADSL. So there are people who aren't even choosing to take advantage of of the fibre, even if it does come in the house. I have a big problem with this argument because you can't say that, oh, we've just turned on technology. You should go straight to the maximum available speed. Mm. Yes, there's some people that will want to choose that Mm. and, and they can pay for that service and that's great but if people are downloading at the maximum speed and they're getting the maximum package that's available what happens in 10 years and 15 years and 20 years when we are using even more services i mean look at the speeds that we used to get with dial up imagine trying to run a business today on those kind of speeds it's it's not possible not feasible so where are we going to be in 15 to 20 years and already the network that has been built under this mtm the multi-technology mix with the fiber to the node is already reaching sort of capacity as it is. So 
you need to build in that extra capacity so, yeah, so that right. it's, it is future-proof. And unfortunately, that is not there. Fiber to the premise, yes, there is that ability. People can pay for the bigger packages to get more. But those that are on fiber to the node, there is nothing more that they can do. Once they've hit that maximum limit of 25 megabits per second, that is it. You, can pay, you can pay thousands of dollars. And the, and the boss of the MPN says this quite openly. If you want fiber, you can pay for it. I so, have heard some interesting stories about that because there's people saying, well, I've got fiber to the node. I want to have fiber to the premise. Mm. They've tried to pay, but then they were told it's going to be a six-month wait. And then when that six months comes around, then they can't do it for some reason. And it's sort of back and forth and it, the cost continue to increase and increase. That's right. There was an example on this Four Corners show last night, What's Wrong with the NBN, available on iView if you haven't seen it, where these people up in Brisbane, they actually did a test to see whether it was faster. Mm. They had to move some data around to see whether it was faster to, to deliver a USB stick with the file on it by car mm-hmm. across Brisbane, say a half-hour drive, compared with uploading it using the speed they had with the NBN, mm-hmm. and it was faster by car. You know, this is an even kind of a, a more excruciating issue, I guess, that even where people have got fiber to the home or to the premises, they're not getting the sort of data speeds that they were expecting to get. So it's, yep. it's affecting both types yep. of connection. One of the other issues is, and I think this was addressed on this Four Corners show last night, is that with the fiber to the node issue is that the retailers are not necessarily buying enough sort of capacity. Yes. So what ends up happening is even if you're paying for, let's say you've got the maximum package, a 25 megabit package, on the fiber to the node system. If uh, you get home and you decide to put on some Netflix or, or stream something else and everybody else in the neighborhood decides to do the same thing and there's not enough capacity allowed in that node, then all of a sudden everyone's speeds drop right down. So between say six to 10 o'clock at night, mm. then your speeds can drop. And there are reports that it's dropping down to worse than it was under the ADSL2 system. So the issue is not only do we have a poor system with this box and copper, which mm. is an old outdated technology, mm. you've got the retailers not buying essentially enough uh, bandwidth to be able to use this. And unfortunately that's because of the high wholesale cost because of the profitability structure that was built into the NBN. So the original business model and that's another difference between Australia and New Zealand. The New Zealand model doesn't have that limit on bandwidth so there's not there's no reason why a retailer would hold back and go okay well I don't know how much my customers are going to want so I don't want to spend the money without them using yeah. it. That just doesn't apply over there. Again the kind of the underlying business model is possibly quite suspect as well. I mean we could go on and on about this. The concern is what happens now because the system is failing. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying they're saying openly, and and Turnbull's even said this that it's quite possible that the NBN will never be profitable. Yeah. So then basically it becomes just a drag that the taxpayers underwrite the thing that it mm-hmm. stays a government entity because no one would buy it. There's no there's no point. It's not possible to privatize. Why would you buy it? something that's losing exactly. you know, millions and no billions? One, no of one wants to buy it, yeah. and so it stays as a government entity. You know the experience was. I mean that the, the reason why they sold Telstra was that they believe the private sector could do this better than the government can. So it stays a government entity. It continues to be a bleed on taxpayers' money Mm -hmm. and, and ultimately Australia's net foreign debt. And we're still stuck with a moribund technology. So it's a it's kind of a triple whammy. The leaders are blaming each other, as we mentioned. There doesn't seem to be any real solution. I mean either you spend thousands of dollars yourself to get fiber to your to premises. 
and businesses are doing that, or you're lucky enough to be one of the 20% that happens to the lottery says that, yep, you've got fibre to your house, mm-hmm. that has uh, impacts on real estate prices because as the technology becomes more important, as people need higher bandwidth mm-hmm. and faster speeds, then houses that happen to have fibre become, become more valuable than yeah. the one over the road that doesn't. Yeah. And look, full disclaimer, I have not actually signed up for the NBN yet. So I haven't either. A lot of the stories that I'm repeating are not directly my experience. I've read these on um, some of the forums online. I've spoken to people that have the NBN. And so the reason that I haven't actually signed up is I'm concerned that I'm going to have worse speeds on the NBN than I actually currently have on ADSL 2+. Plus. The speeds that I get around the moment on a good day is... Uh, 15, 16 megabits per second download because of the NBN being uh, fibre to the node in the Mornington area. Theoretically, I can only get a maximum of 25 down. So at this stage, there's not much of an advantage, but there's a high chance of disadvantage because I could actually get worse speeds. And, and you know, we've just witnessed Holden shutting up shop People are needing to create businesses and needing to innovate. We've been told we want to be a nation of innovators. That was something that, that we've covered on this program, how when Turnbull became Prime Minister, he, he promised, you know, we're going to become innovators mm-hmm. and nothing's happened mm-hmm. with that at all. Yeah. It's just a dead government policy. It was just rhetoric that they did nothing about, nothing that had, had any sort of practical advantage. But if you're going to do that, you need this underlying infrastructure to be as good as it is in the in the you know in South Korea or yeah, New Zealand. We need to make it world class, and at the moment it is subpar. And it's very yeah. very hard to see how even if they you know it's like throwing money at it, it's not necessarily going to solve the problem. There's a lot, whole bunch of, of of retailers who are out there that are competing. Some of them are doing a better job than others. There's an army of installers rolling out cable throughout Australia. Some of them have even been. I mean that they had on the on the Four Corners show last night. They actually showed a, an example where they just buried the cable. Wasn't even in conduit, yeah, it's just in the uh, and it got broken. So I think what we'll see over the the coming years is an outside influence, and that might be someone from the states. For example, it could be a company like Google, mm. could even be something that uh, Elon Musk is is backing, and that mm. will be some kind of Wi-Fi technology, Wi-Fi from the node yeah. to the premise. Exactly, mm. and this is where you know your devices will be connecting via Wi-Fi, no cables whatsoever, nothing sort of to connect up to in a physical mm. sense, or like what they're doing in Puerto Rico, Ex- where they're delivering by balloon, exactly, to, and, to, to and, hurricane affected areas. And, and therefore, we're going to have a whole lot of cable in the ground that is absolutely worthless, and maybe it is at the moment. And a $50 billion black hole in the in the government budget. It's an interesting subject. We could talk about it for ages. I suggest you check out that Four Corners program, What's Wrong with the NBN. We've also got a lot of stuff on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au, about the NBN as well, so you can have a look at that. Thanks for listening. And head to beyondinfinity.com.au for the best bits from the live show or to connect with us on social media. We welcome your feedback and suggestion for future shows.